0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Would be great. Right, let's go to Psalm 109 and verse 30, because there's only about six words I want to read to you. Seven, actually. Eight. I just counted them. Uh, Psalm 109, verse 30 says this But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising him to everyone. I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising Him to everyone. You know, there's almost nothing in our lives that doesn't dramatically increase in power and significance once it's repeated. Think about it a minute. One thank you that you say might just be politeness, but if you express it regularly and often, and sad to say, sometimes the people that we are closest to get the least thanks. We'll thank the barista. We'll thank the person in the checkout uh, line that we're going through. Sometimes the people in your own family don't get appreciated enough. And, And the truth is that one thank you might be politeness, but express it regularly and often. And that spirit of gratitude will really have great impact in your life. Reading the Bible occasionally. Some of you here may be old enough to remember the way that most of us Got a word from God back in the day when everyone had paper Bibles. I don't think you can do this with an electronic one, but this is what we used to do. Anyone remember this? And then if you never liked it, you did this. Oh yes, I like that one. So they ate and drank before the Lord with great gladness on that day. Oh, amen! Hey, man, I like that one there. Because the, the one I just picked out before is it's something about a scab on the head, and I'm going, oh, I don't like, don't like the look of that. And you know, the reality is that's okay. I, I know when I first became a Christian, I, I would just open the Bible like that, and, and sometimes the truth is, sometimes God spoke to me out of that, I know. And yet, even though that's occasional and it might help. But read the Bible daily, and it will be more than just an occasional blessing. It'll be a daily one to your life. Your life is going to grow. Now, I've been around long enough to know that most of us, if not everybody, wants to grow. We want to succeed in life. We want our relationships to to get better. We want to see our dreams and our vision fulfilled. We all, if we are believers. We long, like Tessie was leading us in that song, we need a fresh wind. And I don't know about you, but my heart resonates with that. I go, oh God, pour your spirit out. When I see all the troubles upon the earth, I say, God, but you said that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So Lord, I'm not believing for the church to be backed into a corner Regardless of changes out there, I'm believing for a church that you said the gates of hell will not prevail against yet. That doesn't mean the gates are coming to us. Gates don't move. It means we're going right up to the very gates of hell and beginning to punch those things down in Jesus' name. And beginning to see God move in a great way in the nation of Australia. Get your mind and your heart off what's happening out there, of whoever's in power in government. And begin to declare, but Jesus is Lord, and the government shall be upon His shoulder. So we all want to see that. The truth is, many people intend to change. I say, you know, I'm really going to become better. I'm really going to become healthier. I'm going to really let God use me. I'm going to become more positive. I'm going to stop being a worrier. I'm going to stop being so selfish. Oh God, I'm going to become more others. God, I'm going to begin to serve You with all the gifts You've given me. But you know as well as I do that one-offs and good intentions alone cannot take us to fulfilled purpose. We're in this series, this is part three, I think, call of On Purpose, how to live a purpose-filled life, how to live a life that's more than just random, waiting for something to happen. How do you begin to take charge of, of the life that God has given you and begin to live it on purpose. I want to take you this morning to a fabulous story about a guy that I think has got some brilliant lessons to teach us about how do I live a life on purpose. There's a few surprises. Let's go to it. Second Kings chapter five. I'm going to, I'm going to read a chunk, all right? Because I think a lot of times preachers now they read you one verse or a half a verse, and I think sometimes we want to get the context. And sometimes it's okay, is it? We can just take enough time this morning. If I take 30 seconds more than you'd allotted me, that'll be fine. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel And among their captives, I love this, was a young girl who'd been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. Listen, so many times what you think is the worst day of your life is going to become a day where great purpose is outworked through your life. Not every, listen to me, not every disaster is the end of your life. Sometimes it's the beginning of the best days of your life. This young girl is taken captive. But what a different spirit she has rather than becoming resentful and bitter, rather than cursing where she was, rather than rehearsing all the pain of it and all the hurts of it, rather than nursing a a negative outlook on life, she decides she's going to reverse the curse. And she says, I'm going to begin to see what God can do with my life. And one day the girl said to her mistress, think about this, a captive girl, I wish my master would go and see the prophet in Samaria, He would heal him of his leprosy. Imagine wanting your oppressor to be blessed. She says, I know God would use that man if he would just do that. Well, Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. The king says, go and visit the prophet. I'll send her a letter of introduction for you to take the king of Israel. So Naaman started out taking as gifts, watch this, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 uh, changes of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said this, With this letter, I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, this man sends me a leopard to heal. Oh my God, that I can give life and take it away. I can see he's just trying to pick a fight with me. Are you kidding me? Pressure. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him and said, why are you so upset? He said, send Naaman to me. He'll learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots, waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent out a messenger to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Now I've been to the Jordan River. The Jordan River is not impressive. It's not some crystal clear brook in New Zealand where one can see the hugest trout in the planet swimming on past you. It's not crystal clear, pristine from melted glaciers that you would drink without even a moment's thought, knowing it's the purest water on planet Earth. Big shout out to everyone in New Zealand. All the Kiwis should be saying amen right there. However, the River Jordan's not like that. It's fairly small, very unimpressive, and it's as dirty as the Yarra. Big shout out to everyone in Melbourne. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Your skin will be restored. You'll be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and he walked away. I thought he'd certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over my leprosy and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, these beautiful rivers, the Abana and the Fapa, Better than any of the rivers of Israel? Yes. Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. One of his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? How much more then should you obey him when he says simply go and wash and be cured? So Naaman humbles himself and he does the small thing and he goes down to this dirty river that he probably needed a shower afterwards. But he goes down there and he dipped himself seven times. And you know the story because he dips once and nothing happens. And he comes up and he goes, I'm dirtier than I was before. And I've still got the leprosy. He can still see it all over his skin. But he dips the second time because the servants there saying that was only once, try twice. Some of us give up because the Lord is saying, I want you to do more. I want you to go the extra mile. I want you to do more than just simply the bare minimum. Don't live out of obligation to do the least, but I want you to do a bit more than all of that. And so he goes two and three and four and five. And even on the sixth time, when he comes up, the leprosy is still there. But it's seven, you see. And so he dips again into the River Jordan and it says this, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. Scars disappear, blemishes have gone. Things that have just got there from the passage of time, more than leprosy, disappear and he was healed. See, Naaman was expecting change in his life through the great, through the grand, through the spectacular. But his change actually came through small things. If you and I are going to fulfil our purpose in God, we need to learn to do the small things. Now, this morning's message is not one of those swing from the rafters, full of excitement, woo kind of messages. But it's a very powerful one. If you have st- I've been thinking it because obviously I knew what I'm going to preach. I've been thinking about this and thinking about how many small things in my life if I would just adjust those. If I would just change that small thing. Learn to do the small things because the small thing done in obedience to God has got great power. As small as it may be. In Mark 9 verse 41, Jesus says, give a cup of water to a prophet in my name. He said, great will be your reward. Do a small thing, a cup of water. Great shall be your reward. Mark's Gospel chapter two, when Jesus is at the wedding in Cana of Galilee and Mary turns up and says, whatever He tells you, do it because they run out of wine. And Jesus says to the servants, He doesn't say go down to the vineyard and get all the grapes and I'm going to zap them. He says this, He said, go over there to the pitchers of water and fill them up and then serve it out. It's such a small thing. Who could not do that? He said, just go and do that. And of course the miracle occurs out of a small thing. Think about the five loaves and the two fish that the small boy brings along. It's small enough a meal to be able to be carried by a little boy and yet given to Jesus and with Him blessing it and praying over it, it feeds 5,000 besides men, uh, besides women and children. The truth is, if I'm going to fulfill my purpose, I've got to learn to do the small things. Small things. Small things like prayer. Small things. Small things like the Word of God. Letting that get into your life. Listen to me, I'm not an advocate of there's a certain amount of time you need to spend. I'm an advocate of saying do a little thing often. Amen? I don't mind, listen, some people say, Jeff, I pray at the traffic lights when they're red. Then I pray that this week every light you encounter will be red. Because see, I'd rather have you praying at the traffic lights, but just don't close your eyes. But I'd rather have you praying at the traffic lights than not praying at all. Amen. I'd rather you open the Bible and just do the thing I said before. Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? There's no one like him among all the people. Well, that was a good verse. Thank you, Lord. I'd rather that's what you do when you go out of your house or out of your apartment or out of wherever it is that you live. You go out with that small thing in your life. I'd rather you did that than wait for something great and grand and spectacular. Amen. Giving is such a small thing to do. My wife and I have been tithers and givers as much as we've been able to for our entire married life, right from the very beginning. And I can tell you, it's not ever been huge. There are a lot more people who've been able to give, a lot more than we've been able to do. But our small thing has produced an abundance in our life that is remarkable. We often, we are not people going, but we wish. And oh, I wish we had that. We look around and say, God, look how much you've blessed us out of a small thing that we've done. Serving can be very small. You know, last night I was at the Metro Adults Gathering. It was... um, Cowboy night, I think. Was a cowboy western night? So <laughs> Trevor Todd's back in the building. So I thought that meant, you know, like Australian western. So I turned up my drys bone, my RMs, my Kubra, although I did wear the good Kubra because Rhonda said to me, don't you dare wear that other one. Uh, and uh, so I turned up with that. And, but, you know, there was such a great gathering of people. Thank you, Tino and Darlene, for leading that thank you Trevor and Joanne for hosting it in your home and there's cowboy paraphernalia. And you go, but that's not that's not miraculous and prophetic. Nobody was there going, woo, you know. But there was something, even though it might have seemed small, there was something wholesome and healthy about that. See, small things can have an immense impact if they're done in obedience to God. God does not ask us to become what we're not. In to reach beyond our grasp, Naaman starts talking about rivers that are a long way away and God says, no, Naaman, your answer is not back there. Your answer is right in front of you. The book of Proverbs chapter 17, verse 24 is a great verse for you to remember. Proverbs 17, 24 won't be on the screen for you. It says this, the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. In other words, this is somebody who's always going, if only I could live there. If only I could go there. If only I had that job. If only I could, you know, do a different course or whatever. In other words, they spend their whole life looking everywhere but where they are and believing that blessing is somewhere else. And if I'll just get to that, then I'll get blessed. And God wants to say to you this morning, it's not about the rivers of Abana and Farfar. It's about the Jordan. It might look dirty to you. It might not look impressive. Listen to me. Some of you right now where you are doesn't look impressive. Some of you right now where you are, you, you can't spend the whole of your life wishing you were somewhere else. The eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. A wise person says, you know where I am is where I'm planted. Or where I'm planted is where I'm going to flourish in Jesus' name. Here's the second thing. The first one's learn to do the small things. The second one is to harness the power of habit. Because it's okay to do a small thing once. Look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 16. Powerful verses. He says this, If you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with great responsibilities. If you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who'll trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things that are your own? It's talking about being faithful in small things. It's talking about the kind of habits, the little things, the financial things, the others' things. But you and I aren't faithful because we're occasional. You don't call an employee faithful because they occasionally turn up. Nobody wants to hire someone who goes, Well, I might come on Monday. Or, on the other hand, I might not. Well, no, I prefer, I like Wednesday. I like days of the week that begin with W. Woodward, Wednesday. Amen. And there's no day that starts with R. Rhonda doesn't get a day. Amen. Peter Gong, no day starting with P or G or L or R or C. We're getting really struck here because I'm telling you, a lot of you here don't have any. Tino, he gets two days. Tuesday and Thursday. (laughs) Habits are powerful. They're powerful because they save you having to decide for every circumstance and every nuance of your life. Think about it today. Anybody drive here today? It's just about everybody. I guarantee you don't remember driving every minute of it. I once drove to church, literally pulled up out the front and then realised I wasn't even going there. It's a true story. I pulled up out the front, I'm sitting there and I turned the key off and I went, I'm not even going here. I totally drove on autopilot to church. Some of you have done that? You just don't even think about it, do you? That's the power of habit in your life. And habits can be so brilliant. I guarantee here, every single one of us, if we would add a new habit into our relationships, they'd get better. Instead of that, we're praying, oh, God, change him. Oh, God, fix him. He's such a, oh, God, why did I ever say I do? Maybe a new habit might be powerful in your life. Let me give you, I think, what is one of the most amazing verses of the whole Bible. It's Luke's Gospel, chapter 4 and verse 16. that says this, that Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been reared. As he always did on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place and then he stood up to read. And I think about Jesus the boy. Every Saturday it would have been for him in the Old Testament. Every every weekend he goes and he's the only person in the whole place who doesn't need to be there. He hears them read out of the book of Isaiah and he says, they're talking about me. He hears them prophesy out of the book of Jeremiah and he goes, they're talking about me. He quotes those books later on through his ministry. How amazing. And yet Jesus, as a young man, harnesses the power of habit to build his life. Listen, if you don't build great habits, then every day you'll get up going, oh, do I, what do I feel like today? Do I feel like praying? The truth is, if I only ever prayed when I felt like praying, it'd be a bit of a desert. Amen? Sometimes I pray and my brain is a bit like scrambled eggs when I start And you just keep on going, keep on going. And somewhere along the way, you know, this is like the Holy Spirit because He loves when people pray. So He kind of loves to get on you when you pray. Isn't that right? Or when you worship. Doesn't matter how it is, you get there. Some of you here would have turned up here this morning and and the worship starts and you're tired or you've got an ache or a pain or you're worried about this or you're worried about that. And you turn up here to church and somewhere in all of those songs, you stop being a natural-minded person and you became a spiritually-minded person. And you will leave here different. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you've got a habit. Your habit is I come to church. Your habit is I come to church and I worship when I get here. Your habit is I open up my heart. You do it without even thinking about it. You've got the power of habit working for you. Now, here's the question. What new habit do you need to start building in your life? Not not the great, the grand, the spectacular. That's Naaman kind of thinking. Wow, you know, he said, I expected him to come out, wave his hand over me. I'd feel the wind of God. Woo! Woo! I'd be slain seven times in the spirit. I'd feel the unction to function. Wow! You know, one of the men that that happened to was uh, was King Saul. The Bible says he had exactly that experience. So much so that everyone watched him and they said, is Saul also one of the prophets? But you know, because he never did the small things, he ended up losing his entire kingdom. He had a moment with God. We don't need moments with God. We need momentum with God. Amen. And you don't get momentum. I remember pushing a car with my dad. The car got bogged because of sand, I guess. And I remember dad, you know, and there's me, you know, about, I don't know, 40 kilos ringing. wet. Well, i got a dog bigger than I was. And I'd be there putting my scrawny little skinny. You can't imagine how skinny I was and how little I was. Tiny. True, and I'm pushing. I'm trying to push, and there's Dad, and I'm pushing, and it's wrong. And finally, after a bit of shoving, we get a little bit of momentum. You start seeing the thing begin to move, and I, I still remember. I actually clearly remember. Finally, we got that thing out of the place where it was stuck. But it took a habit of pushing that thing. Amen come on, I want to help you today. I really want you to think about this. this is not a message where we just go, oh, at the end, let's have a prayer and God will do it. I want you to go out of here going, what new habit, don't, not 25, some of us need 25 new habits, but don't pick 25. I want you just to find one. What do you do when you go home every afternoon? If you're married, do you just go home, sit down there and plonk in front of the television and grunt for the rest of the night? You're very quiet now Trevor Todd. <laughs> huh? Just watching the footy. That's it. Maybe maybe when you walk in the door you could start a different habit. What about some of you here that you live alone? What do you do go in there and immediately start feeling here is I'm in this empty place. Why don't you, instead of turn the television on and finding out all the bad news that's happening around the world, why don't you go put on a worship CD or or stream one? A CD, what's that? (laughs) And seriously, why don't you take five minutes of worship? Oh, Jeff, I'd feel stupid. What would my neighbours think? Who cares? They're not helping you. Huh? You might do that every day. I guarantee if you did that for a couple of weeks, your house would be different. Amen. This is a great message. Learn to do the small things. Harness the power of habit. Here's number three, last one here. It's only too late if you don't start now. Amen. See, Naaman, he's willing to do it another time. He's willing to do it another place. He's willing if it's another prophet. And God says to him, mate, it's not about out there. It's about right here, right now. and the, Listen to me. I feel like the Holy Spirit is absolutely saying this to some people that are here. The Because you've been going, if, if, that, if I was there, that would be different. If I had a different job, different boss, blah, 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 blah. And the Lord is saying, stop looking out there. It's only too late if you don't start now right where you are. I know it's a dirty river. It's not even very big. You could almost jump over it. But come on, start doing something now. Your biggest change can start now. It's not just about eliminating bad habits. Build the kind of ones that are going to put you on purpose. Here's one last scripture for you before we pray. It's Romans 6, verse 16. One of the first verses I ever learned as a young Christian. I really encourage you to learn the Bible. Learn Bible verses. Romans 6:16. 6, I can only quote it to you in the King James which is what I used to read then. Don't you know that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, it's servants you are, whether of sin under death or of obedience under righteousness. And it's the law of habit and letting something else take your life. You are either letting sin, you're either letting the flesh, you're either letting circumstance, you're letting everyone's opinions, what's trending at the moment, you're letting those things take control of your life. or you are saying, you know what, God, I'm going to let you start to do it. I'm going to let you lead me. God, I'm going to start filling my mind with the Word of God. Every day I'm going to get a Bible verse and I'm going to read it. And I'm going to quote that to myself and I'm going to declare that through the day. Because I want that to lead my life going on. It's only too late if you don't start now. Amen. Praise God. Team, please come. I want us to sing just for a minute that song, It's Well With My Soul. But I know that some of you, listen, if you look this way a minute, I know some of you, and if you say, oh, Jeff, I'm already a Christian, I tune out when you get to the Yes text bed. Please don't, because maybe right now a new habit for you would be to start praying for the people that are on the receiving end of this. You're already saved. But don't let grace just be something that stops with you. Let there be an outflow of it into someone else's life. So maybe today you're here, you say, Jeff, I don't know Christ, or... Maybe you're here ahead of Welcome Back Sunday. You say, Jeff, I've been disconnected. I've been cut off. My life hasn't been going where God wants it to go. And and I'm sitting here today and feeling that hunger again, that desire again in my life. Oh God, I, I want the freshness of You in my life. I want it to be more than just something I used to know and used to do. I want You to be around. Oh Lord, I remember the days when I felt your presence. I remember the days when I was excited about what you were doing in my life and the changes you were bringing. God, I'm sorry I lost that. Let me tell you ahead of next week. When you re-engage with God, you re-engage with your destiny. This is not a cue, a line, where if you lose your place, you have to go back and start again. He says, come on, let's pick up. Let's keep going. Some of you here, you've never done that. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Why don't you do that today? Say, I want to be born again. I want to know God. We're not talking about religion here. It's the furthest thing from religion. The world's full of religion. All kinds of rules and all kinds of ideas and all kinds of rituals. Jesus never said that to the disciples. He said, come follow me. I'll make it. If you wanna do that today, I'd love to pray with you right where you are. All you gotta do is say, Jesus, I'm I'm giving you my yes today. If you're online with us, you can certainly do that. That number that's up on the screen for you right now, 0488-826-392. if you're in Australia, many of you will be outside of Australia or you'd prefer to get it via email, then it's yes.metrochurch.org.au. Of course, if you're with us on our metrochurch.online platform, The yes button's there for you right now and you can do that. I want to encourage you, please, don't miss out on engaging with God again in your life. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for every person. There are people right now, Lord, who they know this is their moment. They know, Holy Spirit, that You are right there with them right now and You're saying, this is it. Come on. This is your moment. Thank You for it, Lord. Thank You, Lord, that we don't come to You out of just our mind's desire, but we come to You out of response to Your drawing us, Your wooing us, Your reaching to us. I pray for those people, Lord, as they give their yes. I know, Lord, You're just going to begin to take them forward in such a way they're going to say, that was the best thing I ever did. Thank You for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give all the people that are going to yes text. A big hand, will we? I think that's a good thing to do. You know, if you do that, you'll get uh, from us one screen of a smartphone. You'll get a Bible verse and a prayer, a different one every day. I talked about doing the small things. That's one of them. You can start doing that. And for 30 days, you can opt out whenever you like. We don't do anything with your details. We're not going to spam you or... You will never get an email from us asking you for money. That'll never happen. But what you will get is some help to walk on the way with God. And it will be our joy to be able to help you. Then after that, uh, Jan Green. God bless Jan. Jan's with Jesus right now. And she's already received his congratulations. But she wrote our discipleship course. It goes literally for uh, months and months. And you can access that as well. We want to help you grow. Amen. We don't want you to have an average Christian life. We don't want you even to have a normal one. We want you to have an amazing walk with God in Jesus' name. Come on, let's stand together and sing this song. He is well with myself. Come on. Let's just believe for that over our life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's worship God. Do something small. As one. Lift your hands if you've never done it before. Do something today. It says, God, here I am. Here I am today, Lord. today, we thank You, Lord, that while we sense here in this place, Your presence will go with us wherever we go in this week, to our homes, to our business places, to our social places. I thank You, Lord, that Your presence will refresh us. I thank You, Lord, this week many people are going to step up, not step back. And they're going to step into every good thing that You have for us thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Pastor Bruce is waiting online for people that would like ministry. And uh, Pastor Ray, again, thank you so much. Pastor Ray and Kate, if you'd be ready to pray with people. If you need prayer today, don't leave here going, well, you know, another time. Don't be like uh, Damon. Say, I'm going to get into the river of joy in Jesus' name. God bless you. Pray you'll have an amazing day.